soldiers. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You want to fight? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, we have a special guest with us today. Um, we're speaking with Adam Nadow. He's a black belt, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. What's the name of your uh, dojo? The dojo's name is Fudoshin Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and we are a uh, Hegan Machado affiliate up here in uh, Medford, Oregon. All right, man. How's your week been going? You know, my week's actually been pretty, uh, pretty crazy. I just got back from L.A. I was... Uh, had the privilege to go down and see Master Hegan for a few days and train at the academy in LA in Beverly Hills. And, uh, I, uh, I was blown away. I just, uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. I just got back in town yesterday, um, evening and taught some classes and then luckily got a little sleep under my belt. But the last four days has been a whirlwind of hospitality, generosity, and a lot of, uh, a lot of kindness and respect that I'm not used to. It yeah. was very interesting. I was uh, carted around by Master Hegan. I, I showed up uh, Tuesday. Let's see, what day did I get there? I showed up, uh, I think it was Tuesday Tuesday night and woke up Wednesday morning and went to the academy and um, <clears throat> took a lift out there and didn't expect Hegan to be there uh, at all. I was just going to train him and I was going to call him and tell him that I was there. Yeah. And uh, he ended up coming in to teach morning class. So when I saw him, I was uh, pleased, of course, and he recognized me right away and called me over and um, we had a nice morning class, and I got to roll with some some pretty interesting cats over there at a studio. Yeah. They had a guy from I, I don't want to miss misquote this. There's this famous stunt team in LA. I want to say it was 7811, something like that. Yeah, they did all the stuff for John Wick, and they're they're the go-to stunt team. There's a couple guys in there training. Um, Mr. Parrish from the 49ers was in there, and awesome. there's some real muscly they... big dudes in there that are no <laughs> joke. And you know, training under Heeg, and you know they're legit. So I got some real yeah. nice fun rolls in there, and um. Everybody was just super kind, and then Master Hegan uh, said, "Oh, buddy, what do you what do you got going on for the rest of the day? What's your plans?" I said, uh, <laughs> "I don't know. What do you want them to be?" He goes, "You'll come with me." I said, "Okay, yes, sir." So I hopped in the summer, and he's cruising me around LA, and I didn't. I was all sweaty and gross, and just had on my clothes that I wore there. Just thought I was going back to Long Beach. Didn't think anything about, you know, hanging out with him. And uh, he just took me under his wing, and uh, everywhere we went was a different meeting with some other high you know high-powered celeb or some producer or some writer but he was always so humble about it he would never say that we were going to meet with uh um that we we're going to go meet with uh any celebrities or producers or anything like that it was just oh i want to go have coffee with some of my friends oh yeah i want you to come and meet them 
Yeah. And we go there and sit down and it was always like, I feel like, like that's like you know, a, a spot on impersonation. <laughs> well, once you train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu long enough, you've, you've, you yeah, will you always get, come across, you know, you train you with a, an actual, yeah, you have to. It's, if you have, if you're a purple belt or higher and you've been training with a real Brazilian, you've got a decent Portuguese fake accent that you can slap on at any time. <laughs> so, and, and he was, he was, he was so great, man. It's just like every, every Brazilian coach I've worked with, they've always got some sort of real funny analogies to give you about something, you know, that doesn't quite translate in English, but it's, you know, it's hilarious. So he was, he was very funny. I mean, um, it's the first time I've got to hang out with him for such an extended amount of time. Um, but he was just beyond, beyond gracious to me. Um, every meeting with some, you know, super celeb, super powerhouse LA person. And he's got a couple TV shows in the mix that I don't know if I have permission to talk about, but, um, he brought me in on all these high powered meet, high powered meetings. And I, I was just, so, you know, just some jujitsu schmuck. I don't know what that, I don't really, well into that world so it was very interesting the crazy thing was everyone that he can introduce me to he would say uh this is my friend adam he's a black belt from uh oregon he's one of runs one of my academies up there and uh you guys saw the video online of the higa machado black belt attack and everybody's like yeah 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 we saw that He's like that's the guy and they were like high-fiving me and like acting like i was the person that was important it was funny to see like the fact that the video had reached such that broad of an audience, you know, that uh, yeah. that many people, even in L.A., would even remember it, you know, how much chaos and, you know, um, digital media is constantly being flooded. The fact that they knew about it, saw it, and were excited to to meet me. And they, they were, maybe they were being very gracious as well. I had to take that into account that maybe they were just, oh, let me make this guy feel important. Who knows? But either yeah. way, it was very cool. And um, everybody we met was just so respectful. It was really kind of the weirdest thing. Every time we walked into a, a different meeting or a room, any celebrity that was in that room immediately went to Hegan. Like they all walked up to him like, Oh, master Hegan. And, you know, we're just happy to see him. And it was, uh, it was interesting. I knew he had a lot of influence in the town and, and he had a, a lot of respect out there. A lot of respect, yeah. but, um, <laughs> it was interesting to see firsthand how much, you know, these people were hanging on his every word as if they were, you know, serious jujitsu practitioners. Cause for me, my celebrities are the jujitsu practitioners. You know, they're the coral belts like he can, you know, these guys that have achieved this level that, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe I'll ever get to, you know? So it's, uh, for me, it's just, that was a celebrity. You know, I got to hang out with the celebrity with Hegan. Yeah. And then he says, uh, what's your plans for how, when you have to go back? I was like, I'm supposed to fly back tomorrow, coach. And why do you need some help with something? And he said, I wonder if you could stay, you know, one more day or something like that. I have some privates I want to teach and I think you could help. Once again, he just tells me there's privates and I know he's, uh, uh, well, he's got some, he's, he's, uh, he's, he has to get, uh, some medical help soon. I don't want to dwell too much into that as well. But he had yeah, a spider yeah. bite that's gotten, uh, a, a bit bad. So he's, uh, he's got to get that taken care of. So I was happy to be able to, I, well, I think he, I think he posed it as a way for me to help him out to be gracious but ended up being, you know, some pretty cool stuff. So I ended up doing a private with a, a gentleman I probably shouldn't say, but uh, it was really awesome. And in the second private, um, I can say, because it was posted on social media and it was pretty cool, but uh, John Weiss, you know, he's one of the main dudes at HBO. He's, you know, put together an entourage. And yeah. I got to train, get a, do a private with John Weiss, um, who moves very well. And he's a very, very strong guy. And he was, he was, uh, he was a treat to hang out with. He's not your your typical Hollywood guy at all. I mean, yeah. he was, he was just, he's, he's straight up and down an East coast guy with an East coast attitude and sense of humor, which I love. 
So we were laughing a lot during the lesson, but he seemed to really enjoy it as well. And, uh, put me a nice shout out on his page. Uh, and amongst all this, I'm, I'm constantly on my phone. I, I was getting so much love from the community. Some haters, there's always going to be some hate, but for the most part, the response has been very positive about the viral video. Yeah. There's been a lot of respect and friend requests from heavy hitters in the jiu-jitsu community, yeah. which is good to see because we need more positivity being put out there. And, you know, after this no, no-gi world's debacle sort of washed over negativity yeah, over the yeah. positive message that, you know, could be out there. And it's unfortunate, you know, that those things happen. But, um, yeah, not yeah to, it was not to, crazy. Not to dwell on it, what, what was some of the, the like hate that you were getting like what would be the negative well there's just you know there's always trolls there's always right, right. that one of one of which was a younger kid i ended up talking to on facebook i messaged him privately i was like hey you know if you're got some opinions on the subject i'm here to talk to you personally you don't have to post them on social media publicly you can hit me up yeah. and ask a question i'll be happy to talk to you so he actually came at me uh I, the more i talked to him the more i realized i didn't really look at his profile but uh i realized he sounded like he talked like a younger man and I told him in the message, you're, you speak, you're speaking to me from some, like someone who's never studied. He's asking me questions like, you know, what if the guy kicked you in the head or someone came and kicked oh, you in the head? Oh, that ridiculousness. Great... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. said, well, that's a good question. Yeah. But, you know, you're coming from an aspect of thinking that I just went headstrong into a fight, not looking around to check my environment before I try to protect myself. I'm right, constantly right. gauging things as I move and walk. And I worked security for years. So I know what an aggressive stance looks like. I know what someone's balled up fist means. I know right. what body posture means and i've been in enough tournaments and fought enough times to know that you know when it's about to go down you got to protect yourself but mm -hmm. i also know to keep my head on the swivel i mean i taught women's self-defense many for many years i teach it here i taught self-defense in itself and jiu-jitsu in my mind is self-defense so you it's not just about jiu-jitsu you have to have situational awareness you have to know what's around you so he was coming from a place that like oh he just you know, took for granted that you know those things weren't checked off of a box so right right absolutely i i talked to him and he was uh he ended up being actually very gracious and um in the end was very appreciative and i told him you know you sound like someone who's never trained martial arts is that true and he said yeah that is true and i said well why don't you try <laughs> you know you're asking me all these well, questions about jiu-jitsu is really what you should do is just go take a class and absolutely. then you'll I, I bet it'll change your life and he gave me some, he's told me he's, uh, he's got dyslexia or something else. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, well, one of the Machado brothers, who you don't know because you don't know jujitsu, is missing fingers on his hand, you know, Jean-Jacques. And, I, you know, he's, he developed a whole style based around his, if you want to say disability, but he developed yeah. this overhook style that changed the game. You know, so just because you're dyslexic shouldn't stop you. And he came up with like two excuses. And I right, just told right. him, hey, look, you know, if you want to be a keyboard warrior, that's fine. But now that you know better and you know that what I had to say to you about jujitsu and you know that it could be good for you, you can choose to better yourself or you can choose not to. You know, there's no reason why people in life can't accomplish their goals and their dreams. You know, if I told you the story about how I started this studio, it sounds unbelievable and how this path has sort of created itself. And right up until even this viral video has happened, it's, it's been a bit of a storybook situation, yeah. but I only believe that it's become a storybook situation because of all the sacrifice I've done to get to this point has been nothing short of monumental. Yeah. And I'm still not anything I would consider a great success. I still have a very long way to go. So it's not time to pat myself on the back and, oh, attaboy, oh, you're a good guy. You know, it's time to keep still moving working. forward and keep trying yeah. to, you know, affect positive change. And one of the things I'm going to do in my academy starting January, and my students don't even know this yet, so um, I'll recommend this podcast. Maybe this will be the first time they hear of it until the new year starts, but um, I'm going to start instituting a change thing 
where I did this in Southern California on my, uh, I have a, a charity called Cancer Fighters and um, we raise money for cancer victims whenever we fight in tournaments. I figured why not combine a passion with something that I love. And I started this around the same time as Tap Cancer Out, which has become, you know, a huge phenomenon, and very successful, you know, as far as helping people across the country. So I was, I even talked to that guy a few times and just sort of picked his brain because he seems to have done it on such a grand scale. He's helping so many people. I'd like to, you know, mimic that somehow. Um, and and I'm so sorry, anyway, I, you, which guy are you referring to? This the is... gentleman who owns Tap Can- Tap Cancer Out. It's okay, a jujitsu. Okay. Uh, they they put on tournaments and they're 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 doing big things. They're making big differences. You know, I raised a couple thousand bucks. He's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. Awesome. So it's just me and my wife. You know, and once again, it's another no excuses thing. If I really wanted to make a change, I could have focused on that and done that. You know, but I really wanted to run an academy and help people on the side. Um, so that's kind of what we were doing. And now we're going to institute, I did this for cancer fighters and now we're going to do it for Fudoshin. And I'm hoping to spark a change in every jiu-jitsu gym across the country. That's not already doing something like this, but what I'm just going to kind of put a call to action out there that, you know, jujitsu practitioners specifically know how real jujitsu is and how helpful it can be to our lives and those around us. And I firmly believe that we should pose ourselves and act as if we are pillars of the community because we should be. We should be examples. And I think that we have a responsibility to help others in need, um, whether that be helping something simple as a woman cross the street. You know, I mean, that's a simple thing, but you don't think about it all the time. You know, we're so caught up in our day to day that we don't look around us and see something simple, like buy a guy a cup of coffee. You know, someone's short on change in line. You kick in the extra 40 cents. You know, it's just something simple like that can literally make someone's day from a horrible day to see a bit of kindness and maybe they'll pay it forward. So starting next year in January, it's mandatory for all members of Fudoshin to do one good deed a month and post it to me so I can share it on my page as a way of inspiring others. And the feedback I've gotten on that is, well, I don't want to grandstand the good deed. Right. And that was some of the hate that I was getting as well was, oh, you're grandstanding. But it's not. I, I don't do that. I'm not putting this out there for love for myself, although I have uh, really appreciated the support and the love. It's really to push forward the positive message of, Jiu-jitsu is a martial art when you master it. You know, if you're getting against someone else who um, is fighting you, you might be able to keep the other person from getting hurt as well as yourself. And that's you, a good thing in itself. That's what I loved about this. And this is why I reached out to you because, you know, I, I teach, you know, um, I work with kids six days a week and I'm always trying to just teach them self-defense, you know, whether it's boxing or grappling and stuff like that. And, and I want them to understand, you know, this isn't so that they can go out there and get into fights or pick fights or anything. This is purely self-defense. And I tell them, you know, this is something you probably won't have to use for years and years and years to come. But when when you do have to defend yourself, you're going to be in a controlled, um, you're going to feel control. You're not going to lose your temper, you're not going to lose your cool. You're going to be able to kind of approach the situation with a reasonable sense of control because you've been pressure tested over the years, ever since they were children. And and that's Correct. what I loved about um, the, the video because the second episode of this show was about um, uh, stand your own ground law. And this guy yes, right, um, right. ended up um, shooting someone who, in, in my opinion, right, in my opinion, he when the guy um, basically he pushed him to the ground, but he didn't rush him. You know what I mean? Which specific case are you speaking of? This was um, uh, the gentleman's name was Marquise McClinton in Florida, and he was him and his wife parked in a handicap parking spot. I don't know if you remember or, or heard about it. And uh, him so was and this it, a while back. This is an older story. I think. Yeah, this this might have been like around August, 
uh, September uh, time. Cause it was, oh, this year? Yeah, this year. And um, I don't recall that. Yeah. and uh, Tell me. Yeah, so Marquise McClinton, he, him and his wife park in a um, handicap spot, and him and his five-year-old get out and go into the store while his wife, and I think he had like two children in the car still, are in this handicap spot. When he comes out, there's a man at the window or at the car arguing with his wife and yelling at her. So Marquise, and you know, to his fault, he goes over there and he pushes the man to the ground. And when he pushes the man sure. to the ground, he, he the, the guy like, I mean, he, it was a good push. So the guy like hits the ground and probably a few feet away from him, you know, like there's a good amount of distance away from him. And Marquise takes like maybe one step towards him, but he doesn't rush him and close the distance. And, sure. uh, and the guy pulls out a gun and then Marquise, Marquise starts to take uh, one or two steps back and the guy shoots him. Oh, geez. Yeah. And so it, the, the Marquise, you know, runs back, stumbles back in the store, clutching his chest falls to the ground his five-year-old you can see the video his five-year-old oh um, um follows him in the store and he ends up dying and you know my yeah my argument was and i had suggested this i said you know if you're gonna i have nothing against people having you know um, concealed weapons you know if you have sure. a concealed weapons license that there's nothing wrong with that but you have to right. go and and i and i said you know what maybe they should make a law where you have to go and train a year in uh, um, jujitsu and a year in boxing. So that and and you have to record like a hundred hours of rolling and a hundred hours of sparring. So that if somebody pushes you to the ground, you're not so in fear of your life that you pull out a gun and shoot him. You know that's not going to be your go-to next step of of violent I think that's a brilliant idea. Right? You know what I'm saying? So it's I think like, that's a brilliant idea. I think that's a that should absolutely be encouraged. I mean yeah. that's and that's the whole thing with even law enforcement. You know, all these shootings I think they occur because of fear. Exactly. And the fear is they want to go home and see their families. I mean law absolutely. enforcement officers are putting their lives on the line day in and day out, but they haven't been properly trained to protect themselves in a physical altercation to where they don't feel that their life's in danger. Which is crazy the other because you wouldn't I think have that. Like you, you wouldn't exactly. you wouldn't think that an officer hasn't been properly trained in hand to hand combat that right. they would lose. I talk their to cool. cops out here and I oh. say I'd, I'll them. give them a discount to train here and they yeah. number one they say that they don't have time or can't afford it but the other thing is that I think that the, the state department should be providing a fund for this. Absolutely. You know what I mean? because number one it's going to lower lawsuits it's going to lower death counts it's going to lower injuries they're going to be happier because if they roll they're getting aggression out you know all day they got to deal with people's bs and there a lot of cops walk around angry because they're being lied to all day yeah and uh you know this everyone's a liar everyone's you know a, a suspect and if they don't have an outlet for that then you know they get to maybe they get too aggressive when they pull someone over or they get you know it's it's this is not uh law enforcement shouldn't be something that is involving emotion and emotion comes from usually being afraid for your life. Exactly. You know, these guys are being hassled all day. So of course they're quick to pull the gun because this person's bigger than them or they have to imagine that they have a weapon, but it all, you know, you shouldn't be, in my opinion, popping that, that leather, you know, popping that strap open to pull that piece out or even getting a piece as an individual to protect yourself unless you are absolutely in life or death danger. Absolutely. The other issue I think with that situation is if you go hands on on somebody, you cannot make distance in my mind. If you push someone down, you need to close that gap right away just in case they do have a weapon, which is why when this guy attacked me, I, in my mind, automatically was thinking gun or knife, you know, especially uh, watching uh, you know, footage I've seen and I've through the years, I've just heard so many stories of black belts in Brazil trying to 
protect themselves and being killed because they're approaching someone with a weapon. If someone's pulled a weapon, it's gone too far and you're in too much danger already. You know, if you've gone hands-on, you need to stay hands-on. So if I, if I was in that same scenario and I pushed somebody down, I would immediately do what I did to this guy. I would, first of all, I wouldn't push anybody. If you push somebody, you've just started a fight. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. You know what I mean? All you've done is to his fault, you know, it's like, you know, he's, you know, and, and the, the one thing about that um, law and not to get in, because I really do want to talk about this this story, you know, of, of your, you know, what happened. Um, but not to get too in depth with that. But the one thing about that law, in some ways, I think does encourage violence in the sense that, you know, if you have a concealed weapons license and you know that you're kind of covered, um, if someone scares you, then you're going to be, you know, more likely to go ahead and, and, I agree. and, and use it. Um, but yeah, it's like having a it's like having a big brother following you around. Yeah, you know, so you have you, a big giant brother, fights, and you have right. a small. Yeah, you go pick fights. You know, you don't look to back down. You don't look to try and be a nice person, which is unexcusable. Right. You know, first of all, that guy should have never been in there screaming at a guy's wife. That's right. not that's not something that's acceptable. And if someone was screaming at my wife like that, you know, I would take much uh, much worse to that than someone screaming at me. Because my wife can't defend herself as well as exactly. I can. Like so that to, guy attacking me was the best right. case scenario. So to me, it was like Marquise was standing his ground and defending his family. And then, 100%. And then furthermore, it's like if I was the guy who got pushed to the ground and he doesn't really close the gap, like I would have just gotten up. I would have just stood up. I was like, man, he well, didn't. Well, sure. He didn't yeah, even, you would have gotten up and... But it's because we've, you know, been taken down, you know, and you more than me. I'm not like, you know, I'm not on your level, man. But, you know, you you've been taken down. You've been in tournaments. You've you've done it so much. You know that if a guy pushes you to the ground and he doesn't close any distance, you're like, well, this guy, you know, either he's not really trying to, you know, end me or he doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Those are like. Sure. The, well, yes, the two. Those, exactly. Those are two dead giveaways. Anybody yeah. who pushes me. First of all, anybody who pushes you generally doesn't really want to fight anyway. Right. Exactly. Like anybody who pushes you is is just trying to push you. Uh, intimidate yeah. you possibly yeah, or just end the situation space. or make distance yeah. maybe. Yeah. But when you're screaming at another man's wife, uh, what I mean that is to be expected as a minimum. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> as um, a minimum, exactly. That's as a I minimum. Think. You know, if someone yeah. started trying to scream at my wife, oh my I God. would most likely <laughs> I take them down and get them to calm down. Right, um, but exactly. ultimately, if you do push somebody, jiu-jitsu is... If you do jiu-jitsu, you are less likely to put hands on anybody. Yeah, Second, it, it, secondly, it, it, it's, it's if you do put yeah. hands, you're going to control the situation the entire time. So the right. reason that I took a double leg on this guy and mounted him was purely because he may have a weapon. And most people keep a weapon in their pockets or on their waistband. Yeah. I didn't talk about that in my in my story because so, there's a lot I could have went into detail on, but it would exactly. you know, there would have so, been a six page long description. Right. And and so and and it's much quicker when you just say it. So let's rewind, right? This is the end of your, your day. This is your dojo, so you're closing up shop. Is that what's happening the day that it happened? Yes, correct. So um yeah, I'd already closed up shop. I had a couple of my students sweeping a mopping for me. There's a gym across the parking lot, um, village fitness that's run by another guy I know and um, they allow me to, and my students to come over and use their shower uh, because we don't have one in here. So, you know, I teach three, four classes a day and sometimes I can't leave. I'm here doing paperwork or cleaning up or, you know, following up on products. Running a gym is way more work than I ever anticipated, um, especially, you know, doing it by myself. My wife and my baby are here, but my, my wife works a very stressful uh, gig and she's always busy. You know, she works a lot of six day weeks like myself. So it's, it's uh it's hard anyway so i was uh yeah i was coming back and the story reads pretty much move for move what went down as i came back 
uh, from the parking lot, but you know, I don't think I need to go over all the specifics on the moves that I had to apply, but, um, just right. pure jujitsu was able to hold the guy and maintain the position. I did have to choke him out at one point because he, he had already told me he was okay. And he was going to calm down. He wasn't going to hit me. And then he tried to you know hit me in the crotch, which I didn't appreciate. So, right. um, I, I had to put him to sleep. And the funny thing was he actually did bridge and shrimp when I was in mount. And I was like, oh, uh-oh, this guy, that, that is the correct escape. Right, you know, right. This guy's trained before. So then part of me was like, I have to be extra, extra careful, you know, even more careful than I was going to be in the scenario because if this guy's decent at jujitsu yeah. and I'm trying to be nice to him, he may use it against me and, you know, break something. So right. I had to be very technical after that. And after he agreed to calm down and took a sucker punch at my crotch, you know, at that point, you know, you're going to have to put the person to sleep because you can't trust them not to hurt you if you let them go. Right. And I didn't know what the guy was on either. If he's on, if he was on anything at all or not on meds that he may need, ultimately he was on or not on something that he needed or he's on something he shouldn't have been on. And I, as an EMT in LA County, I've experienced so much of that and freak strength coming along with that, that if you break a limb on somebody who's on something, that may not stop them. Right. It may just pump them up to the point where they are going to beat you up. So in those scenarios, a choke is really the only thing that's going to save your butt. So I put him to sleep and woke him back up and called 911, told him what I had done. And he, the crazy thing is, as I was choking him out, he tapped me solidly three times on my thigh. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell him, you know, I, you, there's no, I literally <laughs> yeah, put my head next to his and I said, there's no tapping out. You're going night night. <laughs> and I put him to sleep. Yeah. And then I ro- I very nicely rolled him over and um, so he had a nice jacket on for me. So I found a cross collar grip for a bow and arrow if I needed it. Yeah. And found my phone and called 911 and put it on speaker and lifted his legs. And there was some, there was also some hate. Somebody was, it was even posted on like BJJ Scout or yeah. something where there was some little jab at me in the end where it said like, can't believe a Machado black belt thinks that you have to lick someone's legs up to wake them up. And I, I kind of chuckled at that because it's a funny thing to say and it's yeah. wrong because you do. I worked as an EMT and the first thing they tell you somebody gets knocked out is you put them in shock position. You lift their legs, the blood returns to their core, their brain believes that they can turn the system back on you know, and it, it reboots. So yeah. it just helps. So you don't need it to wake somebody up, but it does, if you can do it within the first few seconds, it wakes them up pretty quick. Nice. Where if uh-huh. I just let them sit there and he's still unconscious, some people I've seen going to seizures, Right. you know, and hurt themselves. So you see that all the time, like world star or whatever, somebody gets knocked out and they're on the ground and they start seizing, Yeah. you know, to the point where they're almost breaking their own bones. I mean, the, the human body is an incredible thing. Yeah. And, you know, you have to, have an understanding. I think as a black belt, I think everybody should be trained in first aid as well. You know, I think everybody as a black belt should be some sort of first responder in case somebody gets hurt in their gym. They should know how to use a rigid conforming splint. They should know how to put someone in shock position. Um, You know, I had a gentleman in here a week ago, two weeks ago, I'm sorry, about two weeks ago now, one of my very favorite students and they're all kind of my favorite. I've really kind of been very, I I don't want, I don't like to use overuse the term blessed, but I've been really blessed to have such a great amount amount and caliber of students come to my school, one of which is Darren. He's this uh, Islander fella, real big gentleman, football coach, and uh, he's a stud, and he's lost like 35 pounds coming in here, and he he pushes himself, I think, to a fault, maybe even too hard, because his mind is way stronger than his body, and his heart will encourage his mind to go harder when his brain shuts off. So he was working so hard in here the other day after warmups during a um, technique, he actually uh, suffered a stroke. And one of my students recognized that he wasn't acting correctly and called my attention to him because in my school, I run a very traditional jujitsu school. I learned when I was in Brazilian top team in Long Beach uh, under Marcelo Perdomo, you know, where he was really big on jujitsu etiquette. You know, you 
ask permission to leave the mat. And there's a reason for that. You know, he wasn't looking for ego to be like, oh, you have to report to me. Was he wants to know why are you leaving the mat? Are you okay? Where are you going? I have to keep an eye on you to make sure you don't pass out or throw up or anything like that. You know, make sure you're okay. Yeah. So respectfully, Darren's walking off and he sort of signals me and one of the, my students told me to go take a look at him. And uh, sure enough, you know, um, he's slurring his words and not really behaving like himself. But he also told me he hadn't eaten that day and he's cutting back on sugar. So now I'm thinking it's a diabetic problem. So we get him a little bit of sugar and it's starting to get worse. And he actually starts slurring his words a little bit more. And then he's got some facial drooping. And I'm like, OK, buddy, you're having a stroke. You need to go to the hospital. And if you didn't have medical training, you may not be able to recognize, you know, that someone's having a stroke. And he didn't want to go. He's so strong. He's like, no, coach, I'll be okay. He wanted to go train some more. (laughs) Crazy. So I was like, no, Darren. I was like, you need to go. You you probably have to go to the ER, my man. You know, this is not something that um, we can slack on. You you, got to go. And he finally gave way. And one of my my kids coaches in Purple Belt, Richmond, um, decided to take him in. I don't want to say his last name in case he didn't give me permission for it. But um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But just in case, uh, yeah. one of my students, Richmond, put on some clothes very quickly and, and threw him in the car with his family and took off and took him to the ER. And thank God he did because they did a CAT scan and found a quarter-sized uh, spot of blood on his brain. So he did absolutely have a stroke. And they had to airlift him to Portland. And, uh, you know, if I, didn't, if, I didn't, my, if I didn't recognize he was having a stroke, you know, that could have been very bad. Mm-hmm. And um, if I didn't have a coach that was the one to, you know, stop his own training and get that guy to the ER right away. I mean, Richmond really did save his life. Yeah. So how's, so, how's he, so he's doing, he's doing pretty good now. He's not he's on the doing mats much yet. better. Is he on the no, mats he's yet? not on the mats yet, <laughs> yeah, but he's, okay. you know, we always say as coaches like, Oh, if you're, you know, my old coach used to say this too. And I believe he's right. You know, all my old coaches said this, you know, uh, that if you're injured, you can still come in, you can still learn technique. And sometimes watching technique is, can be beneficial or as, as beneficial or more. Yeah. to learn jujitsu you know if you're taking a break off the mat and something's injured just don't stop training you have to keep coming in you yeah. know it's not like riding a bike you know you have to keep that movement sharp you got to know the details you have to study it you know this is jujitsu is not for me it's not a hobbyist thing you know it's a lifestyle and it's yeah. a lifestyle change you know if you if you try jujitsu and you, you'll know you know if you fall in love with jujitsu you'll know it within the first few days yeah and um anyway so he was back he came back it happened like Wednesday on a Wednesday night or something like that. This guy was so resolute about not missing anything that he was back for our very first belt promo and Christmas party uh, that Saturday. So, and with his, with his two boys, he had three, three kids, one of which already is already part of our team. He's a 14 year old monster. He's like five ten. He's got to be 185, 190 pounds, 14 year old, 13 year old boy. And he trains in my adult class and his two sons above him in age showed up. And these guys are real, earth destroyer looking guys i mean holy cow i thought darren was a scary looking dude his two boys i think one of them played uh college football and wrestled he's a beast so we're gonna go compete uh january february i can't wait to see the look on the competitor spaces when i see these guys (laughs) but uh anyway yeah so i'm all over the place uh yeah so yeah i I, uh yeah i took him out and i brought him back the cops came and arrested him and then he came back uh, about two days later during my class halfway through class and um he asked if I was the one to speak to him and he seemed calm and, um, grounded. So I talked to him and learned that he's a homeless gentleman and has been having a hard time. And he said, he's been pretty good, you know, without having outbursts for a while. And he's not sure what happened and wanted me to recant to him what, uh, you know, went down. So I told him what happened and he didn't really remember a lot of it. So I asked him, uh, what was, uh, 
what sparked it? You know, what, what made you angry at me? And, uh, he was, he said he wasn't angry at me. He was just cold and hungry and he doesn't really remember what happened. So I don't know if he was on something or just the things got to him. I don't know. And luckily he chose to, to fight me. I'm glad. So right, um, I know. My, once I found that out, we, the whole team was like, well, let's help this guy out. You know? So we went down to Safeway and got him a grocery card and a bag of groceries and, uh, he was supposed to be back today. I was really looking forward to seeing him today because beyond groceries, we had gotten him a tent. I promised him that I would get him some shelter. He said he has nowhere to be and nowhere to stay, and it's cold out here, you know? So we yeah. got him a nice sleeping bag and a nice tent, and I was going to give him a uh, um, a propane stove that I used myself when I moved out here to start my gym. I lived in the backyard for a month plus, you know, just to make things work, and I had my own little, my own little homeless setup, you know? Yeah. So I know... I kind of, I mean, I, I wasn't in the situation for more than a month and a half or so. And then I lived in my own, my own studio for about two months before I was able to get my wife and baby up here. And it wasn't a whole lot better. Uh, matter of fact, to be honest with you, I was more comfortable in the backyard than I was in my gym. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not adverse to what that's like. And I, when I moved down to Long Beach, I didn't have, you know, a dollar to my name or I had one month's rent for an apartment and just enough for a down payment and nothing to my name. So I've always been very close, you know, one bad decision away from being on the streets myself. So I have a soft spot and I, I also know what it's like to suffer. So I don't like to see it. You know, I like to help. And yeah. I, we talked and he appreciated what I had to say that day. And I appreciated what he had to say. And I was really looking forward to meeting with him today because one of my students, uh, mothers is a psychiatrist. I didn't even know this until she sent me a message when I was in California and she said she made a few phone calls on this guy's behalf that we have a program in place for him um, for free that will get him clean and uh, get him a place to stay for like a halfway housing situation. And then we even talked about some sort of job placement program. So we were hoping to change this guy's life today, but he didn't show up. Yeah. So I'm kind of. Well, hopefully there's still more the, uh, time with that. You know, I right? hope so. I'm, I'm sure he'll be back at some point. I just hope that it's not in the same capacity that it was the first time. You know, they sometimes they don't want help. Like I said, I was a medic in L.A. County for a year and a half. Yeah. And then we used to have these frequent flyers, you know, where these guys would just show up at a business, either start a fight or cause a problem just so that they'd get 5150 to get to the hospital and have, a, you know, three hots and a cot, basically, yeah. you know, or you get a checkup, you know, whatever the case so, may yeah. be, drugs or meds or whatever. And and they would just do it because they didn't have anything else to do and because they didn't have any means to help themselves. So cause a scene and either go to the hospital and or to jail. Sometimes it's better than freezing to death, unfortunately. Absolutely. So anyway, you know, we just want to make a positive change out here. And I'm really hoping that this guy can get his stuff together and come back. And there's, you were asking me about some of the hate online. And, you know, a lot of some people are calling fake and phony and da, da, da. But yeah. no one's willing to go to jail to make a, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. To, to, yeah. to help to help me. What, what, that doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. he's on Medford Mugshot. It's not hard to find. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and it's you know, funny because like, that didn't video. even that didn't even cross my mind. Like I, I just, for me, you know, <sighs> one one of the biggest things is when you know I, I started out with boxing as I was a kid, and then I got into <sighs> jujitsu. And one of the main reasons I got into jujitsu was just literally. I was like, I hated the idea that if I was better at some at boxing than somebody, but this guy's going to like tackle me and like choke me out. I, I was just like, this <laughs> right. is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like I need it. And then I saw, you know, Hoist Gracie um, in, in 1993 in uh, the, the UFC when it first started. And I was like, what what is happening? I didn't even understand it. I was like, I need to understand this. And and what it's turned out to be 
is something that I realized, you know, you know, even even with boxing, boxing does this for you as well. But with jujitsu, it, it, you're you're under so much pressure when you first I always tell people my first experience with jujitsu. I was, you know, when I went to go train, people already knew, oh, I, I've done boxing, I've sparred and all that. So I kind of feel like those guys wanted to see if I had the heart to train jujitsu as well. And maybe they yeah. they didn't want my membership as much as they wanted to see if my, what my resolve was like. And um, sure, you know, I, I was drowning for like a couple of weeks. I was like, it's like drowning in a. a That's puddle a great of, way to describe it. It yeah. is like drowning. I was like, it's like drowning in a puddle of water. Like not a, yeah. a not an ocean, just a puddle. Because you know, I, man, if I could just get this much space, or if I could just move this way, I, I could like survive this. But. Um, that's what it was like. And you see it, the it, out, but you just can't get to the air yeah, pocket. Yeah, I just like can't being, get there. Yeah, like being trapped trapped in a cave with water. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, you can it's only ridiculous. tread the water for so long. Exactly. If you can tread the water, you can breathe, but eventually you're going to sink to the bottom and dry, and die. You know, you're but, drown. Yeah, but it, it it really it makes you realize. I mean, in two things, like once you start getting better at jujitsu and everything, you learn how to breathe, you learn how to control your body. You know, there was times where my coach would be like, hey, Sam, I want you to roll with this guy and be like this real big dude. But the guy, he he's, hasn't been doing jujitsu as long as I have. And I'm like, well, let's see if jujitsu works. And and it works. It's like I was be, being able to overpower a guy who weighs like 60 pounds more than me. And, uh, you know, that doesn't even that doesn't that doesn't make sense to most people. But. Whole, no, it doesn't. And yeah. it's not because you're overpowering him. You were over-techniquing right. him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no way I'm going to overpower him. I was just... Yeah, you're I, not going to overpower somebody that's that much bigger than you. Exactly. It's not going to happen. It was, it was more the, about the, the balance. And, yes. Yeah. And that's. And I always tell that I have a, a, you know, a guy that I used to um, train with, and he was he's like 40 years old. I mean, I'm 41, so it's not like he's waiting real old. But he was like 40-something yeah, years yeah. old, and uh, he weighs like 140 pounds. I'm like 195, 200 pounds. And... Um, uh, at the time when I was training with him. And if I could survive two to three minutes with the guy, I felt like a champion. It was accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to tap him. I'm not going to tap him today or anytime soon. I'm just going to learn right. something about myself today. I'm going to learn something. And he'll make me move in ways that I didn't realize I could move because I have to. If I don't move this way, it's going to be over. And if I could survive this long. And, and my whole point of this is like those are the guys that are like my real heroes in jiu-jitsu is the smaller, yeah. older guy who is, who, who is showing me this is what jiu-jitsu is about. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little older. Maybe I'm a little smaller. But, man, if you really hone your skills on this you're going to see that it, it can help you control someone bigger and even someone who knows a, a relative a, a good amount of jujitsu you're still going to be able to control them and and that was one of 100%. the things yeah and with this video it's like you know you didn't go off on him you didn't try to put him in the hospital you didn't try to like right you know just you know teach him I could some have, sort I could of have lesson. taken each one of his limbs and make it look like a lightning bolt yeah i could have broke it every different which way <laughs> exactly and that it, wasn't it, your your goal and and then i was like man this guy even held him um and got got his phone and made a phone call like that's what <laughs> jujitsu does it allows right. you to know how to control that's somebody it. so much so um, that you could actually say, hold on, just stay here for a second. I'm going to reach into my pocket. I'm going to make a phone call, put it on speaker so I can have this handbag. Right. Like that's right. what jujitsu is going to do for people. And yeah, there are going to be situations where that that particular you know um, technique and everything that you use wouldn't have necessarily been the, the go-to. But 
in right. this situation, right. it was exactly what was necessary. It, it, deadly force wasn't necessary, and and it brought him back to you for another right. interaction that was friendly and and ultimately could be something very positive for um, for him. And it's turned out very positive for you. You know, look look. It what, has, look, and that's actually something done. that's been very. So yeah, look what it's done. It's done actually yeah. quite a quite a quite a bit. I I, I hate to say. Too much because I don't want to sound braggadocious. But no, I've gotten no, right. a lot of a lot of love from, you know, like I said, the community, the jujitsu community uh, has has responded to me in such a way that I just, I mean, I, I there's a reason why I love jujitsu so much, and it's not just because jujitsu is an incredible art to learn, but it, it brings together the right people. There's always going to be some knuckleheads around, and you know, yeah. to that, there's uh, some local guy out here that's been giving me a little bit of a headache over the situation that trains at a competitive gym uh, who who told me he's that he's trained this guy and couldn't believe that he attacked me and that i was you know wrong for what i had done and i yeah. in a very classy way sent him a message letting him know that hey man you know if you have a question about what happened you can talk to me I'm yeah open book you know i didn't hurt your friend but your friend clearly attacked me and i protected myself and he came back with some other nonsense and you know ultimately uh caused i think a bit of a rift between my gym and that gym which is silly because well the guy you know it's just if he came back and apologized then obviously we we understand where and and it, we're not vilifying him so no no you, no no, no i don't want nobody, to either i think yeah, nobody's I think vilifying you shouldn't place. vilify you you know what i mean and he no came, exactly yeah. and, and i'm not vilifying the guy who was talking trash to me yeah and, absolutely you know he's just a, he just he just doesn't understand the situation yeah. and what he thinks he understands isn't correct because if it was correct he wouldn't be upset about it he'd be buying me a cup of coffee you know and we'd yeah. be chatting about it and he'd be coming to open maps here or something you know i yeah i'm not i'm not the i'm not the old school mentality of as, as much of a traditional school as i run i don't have the mentality of oh you train there you can't train here you know it's not yeah. it may be that way for a little while now just to make sure that the two gyms don't clash because i don't right, want right. any I don't, I don't want it you know for me jiu-jitsu is all love you know every you know, the, let me. Can I share something with you? Yeah, please. The, the, a beautiful thing about jujitsu. When I was a blue belt, uh, I went to Nogi Worlds and got second place in the world, and had to fight against two individuals. One was Adam Marburger uh, out of Illinois, and the other is Felix Carada out of L.A. Uh, and he, uh, I beat Adam Marburger to get to the semifinals, I believe, uh, or to the finals against Felix Carada, who beat me and got gold. Uh, deservedly so very very good practitioner and uh felix ended up being one of my uh groomsmen in my wedding oh, nice. and adam marburger ended up sponsoring me from head knot squad and flying me out to illinois for my first brown belt debut tournament which was a pro tournament um i ended up losing but um you know he, he showed me so much love after i had beaten him in a tournament we became the best of friends and uh, felix as well to where you know I, I call these guys we talk all the time you know yeah. holidays are always you know, if he's ever down, he knows he's got a place to stay and he's got a place to train and it's vice versa. And, you know, these were guys that I competed against. You know, anytime I was in the bullpen, I was always talking to my competitors and shaking their hands and giving them a hug. And before every match, I tell every competitor I go against the same thing. You know, let's have some fun. And I want to have fun. You know, I love jujitsu and I want to try hard. I want to win too. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, definitely want to win. But uh, jujitsu, it's just, it's, it's so amazing. The people who do it, it generally washes out. You know, the people Pride. that you, the undesirable yeah. attitudes, yeah. the knucklehead mentality. And, it, and it, I love that. It washes it. out that ego, that ego. It takes, it takes your ego Eventually, away. hopefully. Yeah. 
There's still, I mean, yeah, anyone it, who says they have no ego is lying. Yeah, Everyone yeah. has some ego, right. but to suppress it is the key. Right. To check it is the key. It, to that, recognize it is the best. Yeah, if you it, can recognize it, it at least it, helps really tone down the ego a lot, you know. For, yeah, for me, yeah, you know, and I tell the kids, you know, that I, I work with, I tell them, I go, I go, don't get frustrated if you're not doing well. Don't don't get, you know, don't feel bad like, oh, I made mistakes or I'm not. you know, I've I got a new analogy for this. Mm. Maybe it'll help you out. You know, I'm sure you heard the old adage that there is, you know, in jujitsu, there is no losing. There's winning or learning. Right. Um, I believe that adage and I tell it yeah. to my students, but it sort of washes over people that aren't higher belts because they haven't. They don't trust it yet. Yeah. You know, they still think if they're losing, they're losing. And I'm trying to rephrase it in a way that maybe it'll resonate earlier because um, it'll save a lot of injuries and a lot of heartbreak, you know, and people will study longer if they think mm -hmm. of it this way. And the way that I'm trying to get people to think about it is jujitsu is information and it's valuable information. It's, it's save your life information. So mm -hmm. if you get beat or tapped in a tournament and or your school, the person who tapped you just gave you information. Absolutely. Now, what is information? Yep. Information is power. So they just gave you a bit of power. So if you tap someone, you have given power to that person. The power is the ability to recognize when yes. they were in danger and hopefully not repeat the mistake, which is a very, very valuable piece of information to have and a great piece of power to take in. Yeah. So you either give power or you receive power. There is no losing. There's no winning. It's just giving and receiving. That's awesome. And, you know, of yeah. course, of course, time and again, you're going to get frustrated. Jiu-Jitsu is a heartbreaking yeah. thing to do, which is why so few people make it to black belt. You know, it's, yeah. it's very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of that's my that's philosophy awesome. on it. Yeah, that's what I, I tell that. I, tell, I, I put it in. I like that way. That's a perfect way to put it i feel like i'm saying that but not necessarily the way you're saying it and I, i'm definitely going to use that i always just tell them i go you know this is the perfect place to lose this is the perfect place to make your mistakes you don't want to make your mistakes out there you want to make no. your mistakes yeah this here. is the place this is where Be you want to make the mistake all here. the mistakes you want to make every single 100%. mistake you could possibly make in an altercation right here on the mats right here in the ring because this is where we're going to tell you how to fix it I go, your partner is telling yep. you what you, what you're doing wrong. When I first started, I was some, when I first started, I was getting choked out a lot, you know? And I was like, man, why, oh, yeah. why are you getting, uh, and I remember, um, the first place, first place I went to, I love them and everything, but you know, there was always, there's always kind of like a tension because I remember one specific, uh, experience. Like I was getting, this guy was, uh, getting me in like guillotines, uh, quite often. And I was like, okay, man. So we rolled a couple times and then, you know, we're taking a break and I'm like, okay, so what, what am I doing wrong? And he goes, oh man, I'm, I'm just really good at guillotines. And I was like, come on, man. Like, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I told right, him, right, right. and I told him like that. Cause you know, it's like, I've, I've been training. I may, I may not have been training in jujitsu a lot, but it's like, I'm not new to training. And I was like, come on, man, don't do that. What, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah there's obviously something you're doing is capitalizing on. He yeah, could teach you. Yeah. I've been to similar gyms, you yeah. know, where there's people like, they don't want to tell you how they're doing. So like, I literally had a, a, an old horrible. training partner tell me yeah. they caught me in this great spot and I thought it was really excellent. And I thought, man, that was, that was beautiful can you show me what i did to get caught there yeah how do i not get caught there and how can i disassemble this and they literally told me i don't want to show it to you because it's the only way i can beat you yeah, and yeah. laughing and i was like but that's I said, ridiculous well, if it's the only way you can beat me don't you want to show Ex me so that you can come up with new ways to beat exactly. me i mean isn't that the idea i've so for me i love teaching people yeah no. how to beat my techniques i i want to show you how to beat my techniques because you're going to force me to come up with better exactly ones. i've i swear i've literally like 
I, I go, man, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but uh, you keep doing this and it's making it easy for me. And I go, and, th- right. and this, sometimes this is boxing, you know, and I'll be like, you keep dropping this or you keep doing this. And I go, look, man, it's not even like you're making me work real hard at it. It's just, these are the mistakes you're making. And I go, look, every, every, you know, I'm sitting here for a whole round, just throwing my jab. You're not timing it, you know, or if, if we're doing jujitsu, like maybe I go, you keep putting your arm out too much. You're extending it too much. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm securing it. And I'm, I'm getting your arm. I was like, it's not because, oh man, I'm amazing at arm bars or, oh, I'm so great at this boxing. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, no, it's... no, man. No, don't worry about it, bro. I'm just <laughs> a, I'm a golden God at arm <laughs> yeah. box, bro. Yeah. And I was like, like come on, bro. That's, that, come on, man. That's not right. Yeah. You know, I did something to give it to you. Let me help me fix yeah, it. Yeah. And I, I, I swear I've literally like told people how to beat me and in my mentality yeah. i'm like all that's gonna do is up my game it's gonna make me 100%. better you've just gotten better because i told you okay here's here's how to beat the trick that i'm using and now trust me right. i'm gonna have another trick or i'm gonna come up with something now now i'm not gonna make it easy for you i already taught you that now i'm now i'm not gonna make it easy for you but yeah because of that mentality i've been able to invent a couple of techniques yeah. that i have I, I mean let me rephrase that i found found yeah, some yeah. techniques that i've never seen before doesn't mean that they haven't been done before yeah, they yeah. i'm sure that they have but i've never seen them and i wouldn't have discovered it if i hadn't have told someone how to beat something i'm doing so the reward is so much better to tell someone how to beat you than to not i mean yeah. it's just to me that's the most gratifying the most gratifying thing is when i teach someone how to beat something i'm doing and then i try it to them a week later and they remembered and they were able to beat it i'm like yes yes beautiful yeah. that's what i want i yeah. need you to beat that yeah so it's, don't, don't it's just allow beneficial me to, to yeah, that i'd rather you know go to i mean look i you know to me martial arts ultimately is is about like what what you experience this week is about being able to um subdue rather than destroy it's a, it's about maintaining control and composure in a very chaotic situation. You know, I mean, uh, an altercation right. is absolute chaos. And and I say we're all we're doing is finding patterns in chaos. You have to find patterns in the in this in the midst of chaos. And and that's what drills do. You know, you drill and you drill um, obsessively, and you find those patterns. You fall into the patterns during the chaos. And right. and and I go right. You know that ultimately, you know, I want it to end as quickly as possible. But when I'm training, I'd almost rather us have like an endless round to where nobody really gets to finish the other person because it just, yeah, flow roll. Yeah. Like where you're, because it, it makes you, it, it means that I'm, I'm having to adapt consistently, you know, in some ways, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're constantly yeah. having to adapt. If, if I'm just finishing, finishing, then you know, one, the good thing about that is, hey, you're, you're learning something, but what am I really learning here today? You know, I'm learning to help yeah. somebody and that's good, but I don't want to be yeah. stuck in a situation where, oh man, um, am I in a stagnant place? Am I just really the best out of here? And I'm just kind of stagnant. And I tell that also, I say, hey, I don't mind being the worst person in my, my dojo because I, I would like to think that I'm very difficult to deal with. And if I'm the worst person, oh my goodness, there's monsters. I'm surrounded by monsters here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I'm one yeah, of the yeah. weakest in this squad, then everyone here is just, you know, they're, they're ninjas. You know what I mean? They're, they're so good. Yeah. And, and it's okay if I'm, if I'm not as good as everybody else, because they're going to teach me how to be that good. So it, you know, and that's what I mean about like, oh, try to take your ego out and it kind of helps get that 
ego to at least turn the volume down. And then when you go to compete, hey, you know, let's make this happen. You know what I mean? We're, we, right. You know, let's let's win. We don't want to lose in, in competition and everything. But, um, well, I, I mean, Adam, it's been a pleasure. I'm so glad you were able to take some time out and, and talk with me today, man. Um, I hope Absolutely. You Can I leave time. you with one last one yeah. last piece of advice for anybody who's yes, yes, doing jiu-jitsu? I'm a competitive person as far as jiu-jitsu is concerned. I love to compete. I love going to tournaments, and I encourage my students to do the same. We're going to be competing here in the new year. Um, even as new as I am, I'm going to throw them right into the fire and just, you know, let's see what we can need to improve on here. And myself too, I'm going to be testing myself and competing as much as possible. Um, you know, and I'm, you, you got to do it. And so uh, a lot of students don't like to compete. And here's my thing I want to say about that. I will encourage every student out there to to compete. And this is why we don't want to actually fight people. If we don't have to, we want to avoid situations. If we can, we don't want to engage in combat if we can, because as jujitsu practitioners and martial artists, we know how, how dangerous the situation can come and how quick. So we need to be aware of those things and competing in jujitsu is probably the closest thing you're going to be able to get into a fight other than an MMA fight and which, you know, can be, you know, quite dangerous itself. Um, so when you compete, you're going against someone that's the same belt rank, the same age, the same weight, and you get to see how good you are compared against your contemporary. And that adrenaline that you're going to get from that, that fear that you'll feel from that is going to duplicate itself in an actual fight. And I think through the years of competing and only through years of competing, was I able to stay so calm through the entire thing and know that my jujitsu will be there for me. So a lot, and then this is the other piece of this, and I'll, I'll, you know, I want to take too much of your time here, no, but no, I'll leave good, you with man. this thing here. People want to dog the point system. I think submission fighting only is great. Most of the matches I've won to win championships have almost all been by submission. Very rarely have I won by points, and the times that I've tried to win by points, I've usually lost. But I think that the point system has an advantage in the sense that if I take someone down, I'm given two points. Why is that? Because in a street fight, if I'm on top and the person's on bottom, generally I'm at an advantage. If I pass the guard, it's given three points. Why is that? Because the person's weapons were in front of me, and now I've passed them. The weapons are no longer there. I'm in a safe position to start landing some offense myself. So that's a reward. If I get to mount, it's four points. Why is that four points? Because mount is such a great position to control someone and or land damage if I need to. The back four points, same thing. It's to advance the position. So I don't think sport jujitsu is, you know, people are dogging it as like, oh, sport jujitsu is not self-defense. Well, I'm calling BS. I think it is self-defense. You know, jujitsu itself is self-defense. And if you study yeah. it long enough and hard enough, it just becomes instinctive. Now, I'm not going to say that striking is not valuable. It is very valuable. You should definitely have both in your arsenal. I think you should have some, you know, some boxing. Everyone who gets a blue belt from me has to demonstrate self-defense techniques, including some basic boxing some basic leg kicks and some basic fundamentals of how to not get clocked. So right. super important. That's all I'll say to leave you there. And oh, uh, no, thank you yeah. for, for chatting with me. It was a lot of fun. Amen. Uh, you're, you're great to talk to and I uh, love your perspective on jujitsu and I wish you all the success and, uh, you know, holler at me anytime you want to want to talk, man. Yeah, man. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, just to kind of let you know, I, I, I train with, uh, uh, 10th planet. So we're a little bit in the same, uh, lineage there, right? Brothers, the Machado brothers. Yeah. Gave, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Machado uh, brothers for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, so, you know, every now and then they have, do you ever watch like the EBIs? 
of uh, Eddie Bravo. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you ever want to, you know, do a breakdown of one of those uh, main events or any kind of main event, it's something that I don't cover enough here and I don't have as much knowledge as you. So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll connect on that level and you could always be a guest sure. host on something like that. And, uh, do you watch, uh, That'd be you, fun. do you watch UFC much? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Who, who do you got? Uh, John Jones and Gustafson. Oh boy. That's a tough call. <laughs> I want to say Jones. Yeah. Just because I want, I want Jones to win, but yeah. I, I would also like Jones to sort of just stay retired. You know, he was just <laughs> yeah. all these guys that I've seen go through the business. You know, these fighters that have been so incredible game changers, like like Silva and yeah. uh, Sylvia and Silva, and you know, all these. There's been so many game changers to come along that that have you know peaked. They they killed it. They changed the game, and then you see him. You see your hero sort of decline in battle. Yeah, and yeah. I would love to see someone like even GSP. I'm I'm excited to see him come back and terrified because it's like calm down, you know yeah. he's 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 so good. I just I wanted him to retire on top and just say hey that's it I retire on yeah. top. But for warriors, which is what you know jujitsu practitioners I consider them to be and MMA fighters to be, it's so hard to not continually be in combat because that's all you know. Yeah, and so you're just it's sitting at home teaching or doing whatever, and you're like man I want to I want to go test myself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to be in the breakdowns. And I got a couple of buddies that are 10th Planet Black Belts. One of them owns his own studio in Long Beach, uh, Chai. Awesome. Uh, he, was, he was internet famous for a while as well. He got in an altercation. Somebody came over and challenged him in his gym. And uh, he was able to control this guy and not hurt him as well, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm not the only one I know to do this. And yeah, yeah. another buddy of mine, Felix Carrada, the guy I was telling you about, um, that's, uh, that I fought in Worlds, Nogi Worlds. He's a Eddie Bravo Black Belt as well. So I, I, uh, I'm, I'm into the 10th planet world. I, I, I love what they're doing. And, um, Eddie Bravo, you know, of course, yeah, is, uh, into it. Right. I mean, huge. I mean, come on, Eddie freaking <laughs> yeah, Bravo. Man. Yeah, no, you he's know. awesome. Yeah. Well, man, again, yeah. you know, I appreciate your time. I hope we get to do it again. Um, thank you for all your, your wisdom and, 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 you know, your little, your, you know, your insights on, on martial arts and jujitsu and, and thanks for, you know, sharing your story with us today, man. I really appreciate it. You have a, absolutely. Thank you. Um, no I wouldn't problem. call myself wise or wisdom. I'm just smart enough yeah. to know how stupid I am. That's all. Yeah. There you go. That's wise. That's wisdom. <laughs> deal <laughs> with it. So. I'm sorry. You're going to have to I deal with that. So. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Man. Well, thank you, sir. It was right. a lot of fun. You have a good one, man.